welcome to episode 58 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Dougherty. Hillary. Here for your listening pleasure today. Yes. Okay, so I, I told you, I said, here's my list. Yes, there is a list. <laughs> First of all, I want to say this thing. One, something that's making me happy that I love is that you can send voice messages instead of texting. Like, yes. I didn't realize that was a thing on Instagram. Oh. And I love it. So, because I <laughs> someone says something and I'm laughing so hard, I'm like, LOL is not fitting right now. I yes. have to be, like, actually <laughs> laughing in a voice message to you. And um, it helps me when I'm angry. Like, you were texting me something last night about someone and then I had to call them uh cunt face bitch oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. and i don't think typing those words would have been enough no i laughed so hard when i heard the voice message i'm so sorry if the word face offend you in that uh no name. okay so anyway <laughs> um Red Tide Radio Lil Muck came out on Friday. Yes. We've gotten tremendous feedback from people about listening to that and how so great good. it was. And to hear so about good. the party and hear about, see, there's there goes my mic thing. To hear about the party and everything going on there and what yes. these guys are talking about. And it's such a great show. So it was please, such a good episode. And I feel like we, even when I was listening to it on Friday, because I do listen to the Muck yes. podcast and Lil Muck, <laughs> but um, I was thinking this seemed like we recorded it ages ago yeah <laughs> we did it was a month ago but yeah. it still felt like it was years it's, ago yeah, but it's it's still relevant and still good it's so good so check it out if you haven't heard it already red, red tide radio we have the host gerald doherty and tomas kennedy on and they talk about the florida democratic party and the failures and the future and like what can we do as people in florida yeah. to make it better um also uh so in February, we have our little mucks already done and yes. they're fabulous. So keep an ear out for those when yes, they come out every February. other oh. Friday. Yes. And every other Friday's little muck. We're trying our best to do every other yes, Friday. And those are really good. I can't wait for everybody to hear those. Um, so I woke up this morning thinking about like an East Coast um, muck podcast tour. <gasps> Let's like go. How when, much fun that would be over the summer. When is COVID ending so we yeah. can do this? <laughs> I mean, I would think it'd be so much fun over the summer to get in a car together. Oh my God. We'll be tired of each other before we get out of Florida. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. No, this is like making me so but excited. But like stopping in cities that we love. Like, first of all, we cannot miss Madeira Beach. Now we'd have to crisscross to the West Coast <laughs> to see that face liquor. But I'm telling you, we should make it over to Madeira Beach. That would Beach. be amazing. I was thinking Wilmington. I was thinking um, DC, of course. Oh, yes. Um, I was thinking nashville we've covered people oh, in, and also because bad. we have to have a beer and some, yes. some good music in nashville and then also providence rhode island like I oh think my that god this I would mean, be so much fun there's so many guineas there that i have to be around <laughs> <laughs> girl you know there's gonna be good italian food yeah <laughs> i mean we have to do this so can we please think about that yes and i think it'd be fun to record as we're going oh my god right like yes. just stopping and being like oh remember the story yeah. blah 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 or even talking to people there, like I'm sure we can talk to somebody who knew Buddy Sianci yes, in Bucking Providence, right? Like, yes. okay, so let's think about a summer tour. We can tour. reach out to journalists ahead of time. And also, I'd like to say that there's no way that I'm actually thinking about this in a selfish, I get to be out of mom duties for an entire week, like, oh, kind no, of thing. I mean, no, like, that no, would that's never, nothing to do with no, this. No, never also, cross your mind. Um, P.S. Footnote, make sure that the hotels have a tiki bar and a karaoke <laughs> machine. Okay, that's the end of that. Please let COVID be gone. <laughs> and also, I read a delightful, 
article in the Sun Sentinel this morning oh. um, about Roger Stone. And I know <gasps> that you probably haven't seen this yet. I haven't. I read it this morning and I was. And I get the Sunday paper. Girl, I was <gasps> fucking. Actually, now that I section. think about it, so Sun Sentinel, P.S., I love the Sun Sentinel, uh-huh. but we get the Sunday paper and it's sometimes it's hit or miss. It'll cause like a Sunday will come by and the paper's not there. And Excuse then I, me? So now I'm thinking, I don't think I saw the paper this morning. Okay, well, in the local mm. section, the title is. It says police with a colon, stone, comma, wife, verbally accosted (gasps) (laughs) outside of their Fort Lauderdale home. And I was like, first of all, it wasn't me. Like I wasn't there. So this motherfucker. And we wouldn't have accosted. We would have been like, hey, Hey, tell us quick, (laughs) Um, Which is still going to happen. But um, anyway, basically, Roger Stone, who lives in Fort Lauderdale, where we are, we're in South Florida. Yeah, no, he's so close. We can ride our bikes there, which is what we have to do. Well, guess what? This guy comes home from dinner with his wife, who, by the way, he's 68. His wife is 73. I didn't know if you knew that. Like oh. five years older than him. Anyway, I don't know. I thought that was hey. interesting. Whatever. Uh, some guy sees him. He, the guy's riding his bike down the road. <gasps> no. And sees Roger Stone and starts fucking yelling at him. No. And he, he says to him, you should have died in prison. <gasps> You're a Russian traitor. Wow. And like yelling things at him. And like did these like circle eights no. in his bike just over and over again in front of his house yelling at the two of them. And so Roger Stone calls the police. And I was thinking to myself, this is the bare minimum of what should happen right. to you yeah, when I you thought, leave your I fucking thought, house. I thought that you wanted to be infamous. Yeah. I thought that you liked the attention. He should, he should be sitting down at a restaurant restaurant in Fort Lauderdale and people just come up to him one after the other going you're a fucking traitor (laughs) like that should be the bare minimum of what we're doing to hold people accountable because the U.S. government isn't holding this guy accountable no well I mean he he getting pardoned pardoned. okay so it's like we're it's not gonna happen here it's our job to tell him when you see him in the streets okay I'm not saying no 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 violence no no, no, physical violence but you can call him a traitor yeah why not absolutely above board totally okay which I will do if I ever see him outside his squeaky ass house. After okay. we interview him with little more. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, a couple of things that are happening in the Florida, the Florida legislative session is open oh. for business. The committees are meeting. This is when people- Well, that anti-mob bill has Hold been, on, hold on. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get there. Okay, so, so, there's a, so, so for a bill to become, now correct me if I'm wrong, Tina, but for a bill to become passed here in Florida, you have to have a House side and a Senate side, right? Mm-hmm. And so they get together, this, this, the reps in the House and the Senate, and they're like, all right, I want a bill that says this. Okay, we'll sponsor the same bill in the Senate. Right. They pass both of those houses, and then, you know, the governor signs it. Right. Law. Okay, so the House bill for this anti anti-mob riot yeah, bill that we discussed break. on our episode of Little Muck with uh, Carolyn Light and, and Melba. Uh, Melba Pearson. It's a very dangerous bill. It passed its first committee. So it's uh. got to go through the committees to get to the House floor. So it passed its first committee in the House. So what came out in the Orlando Sentinel this week is really, really, really yes. important. Is it the Jason Pizzo article? Jace, yes. So, yes. So Florida State Senator Jason Pizzo is out of Miami. He's a Democrat. He's the head of the criminal judiciary uh, committee in yes. the Senate. So now yes. the Senate, the same anti-mob bill is in the Senate, anti-riot bill is in right. the Senate. So it passed its first committee in the House. He's the head of this committee, which and means as he can, he can say, this will not be heard yes. here. And then that bill will not go anywhere. It will never be passed. It, it's not going to go as long as he's in charge of it. So we're waiting to find out right. what he's going to do. He wants to run for governor. And I'm telling you right effing now. Oh, if he doesn't he do that, the do end. This. He cannot do this. He cannot do it. So I'm going to give you the phone number for oh, his office. Yes. It's 850, get a pencil, 
5038. It's the bill number is SB484. I encourage you to call. If you do not call, live in Florida email, and you're hearing this, email. you can call and complain, not complain, ask him to do the right thing right. and to not for hear. For the people of the state yes, of Florida. We don't want this heard in the Criminal Judiciary Committee, SB484. Please do not no, hear it. There's like a vehicular thing in that bill. It's, like, it's, it's so it's horrible. The other thing is this, uh, my last thing, sorry, is that, um, so- Two years ago, we passed Amendment 4 here in Florida. It was yes. a constitutional amendment, which gave returning citizens, former felons, the right to vote. Usually, they have to go in front of a panel of people who have to plead their case, which includes the governor and, like, four other Right, dicks. and it was, like, very and rare that you would yeah, get... Maybe one out of, like, 100, yes. maybe 500 would actually get their voting and, rights back. And they would delay, and it would be... Yeah. It, it just it took it's forever about, to try to get in front of them. Yes, and it's all about getting their voting rights back. That's what they want. They just want to be able to participate in the process they've served their time they've done their 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 due diligence yes. to, to return back to working life you know home life right. and all they want to do is participate in democracy and they've got to go beg the governor of the state of florida yeah. and a couple other assholes if they can get their voting rights back and, well, and florida ps is one of i believe three states that that, that does do, this, that does okay. this. So, <laughs> so it's not it's like terrible. it's a precedent across the country it's right. so it's a state holding on right to these antiquated ideas to suppress people. Right. So Amendment 4, two years ago, was overwhelmingly passed yes. by the state of Florida. They made it super bipartisan yes. so that Republicans and Democrats would both vote for it, which happened. Yes. So then when the legislative session starts, right, that happened in November, come March in the legislative session of 2019, the, the, the Republican-run legislature right. in Florida said, eh, right. we know this is the will of the people. But, but you go gotta pay, yourself. yeah, and you gotta pay these court yes. fees. Now you gotta you, that's right. X Y Z. Now you can't. Yes, okay, you can have your right to vote back, but you need to pay your restitution. You need to pay your court fines and fees now, which again is called a poll tax. Right. It's against well, I think the law. no, I don't. Yeah, it's it's the court fees because I think you have to fulfill all the duties of your sentencing, and so most people pay their restitution, they serve their time, et cetera, but then they may have these leftover court right. fees right. or they may have to pay a lot to have like a driver's license reinstated and it, they don't have the money it's to do it. It's an endless cycle yes. that is very difficult to, to yes. break out of. And people, this is just to vote, to actually have a say yeah. in who's running your government. And what okay. are you so afraid of? What are you afraid of? Yeah, they know what's good. Okay, so anyway, in November 2020, the state of Florida, the will of the people was a $15 minimum wage. Yes. Okay? This was passed by Republicans who voted for Trump. Yes. There were people who voted for Trump in the state and voted for $15 yes. minimum wage. Okay? It is a it is a issue that affects black, white, everybody. Poor right. working and class in folks Florida, need in this Florida, $15 minimum wage. You you cannot live if you're making no. the seven, what is it, eight, seven something bucks an hour? It's seven twenty five. You can two thousand and nine. Yeah. They you have cannot, not been raised in, the, in. It's ridiculous. You cannot live. So, what happens this week in the Florida Senate? Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna ne again tell the people of Florida we don't give a fuck what you vote for. We're going to tell you how this is going to go. So Florida Senator Jeff Brandeis, he's a Republican yes. out of St. Pete. He filed a resolution to limit the $15 minimum wage against young people, oh. felons, <gasps> prisoners, and any other hard-to-hire people. That's the quote, oh. hard-to-hire people. So basically so again, it's prejudice. Yeah, again, we're going to oh limit the $15 an hour. Because people who are felons don't need to make money, right? 
Um, young young people. people don't need to make money. What about, I mean, there are young people who are trying to pay for the outrageous cost yeah. of college. There are young people who aren't going to college and could still, you know, Here's the uh, other thing. live. Here's the thing that really bothers me. The, the, you know how hard it is to get an amendment on the freaking ballot? Do you know how many times that has to be written over and over and over yeah. again to to do polls and ask questions oh. of like, would you consider this? Would you consider that? Yeah, would you vote I, re- this? I remember uh, with the um, Amendment 4, yes. like it was all about vetting language. Yes. And, they, and it was so many focus it groups. Out, yes, it took and, out. And it, um, it, it was like it's the little nuance about yes. phrasing. It's really interesting it cover, and I, I loved it. And it doesn't cover sexual offenders. If you were right. in jail and you're a former felon and you was a sexual uh, and offense, I think if it was like you don't a, get to get your rights back. Yeah, and I think it was if it was violent offenders. Yes. So yes. Th- so so that's what people would say. Well, I'd vote for this, but I don't want somebody who's like raping kids yes. or something. Some bullshit. I don't. Not bullshit. It's terrible, and I get it. But like they don't get their voting rights back. Right. That's how the language was written. It's yes. so hard to get this done. And, and it was even language about this. like returning citizen, uh, you know, like li- language yes. like that too. Not using the word felon. Yes. And also with the $15 minimum wage, like Tomas Kennedy said on our show, they've been trying to get this for 20 years, yes. like 15 years they've been fighting for this. Give me a break. And now we're going to, get it gets passed by the will of the people and you're going to now say who can and can't get it? Yeah. Why are we electing these people? They obviously don't care about what you want. We have work to do in Florida. It just pisses me off so Ugh. much. I haven't hadn't heard about that and I'm uh going to do some reading on it cuz it's outrageous. What a piece of shit this guy is. Ugh. Girl, I can't. It's enough already. And by the way, I'd like to say one last thing to you. Thank you for not mentioning that my Christmas tree is still up. Oh. And you bumped into it on the way uh, in Did here. I? Well, listen, everybody <laughs> bumps into it. It, there's a limb that's just a branch at this point. But every time I bump into it 15 thousand more needles fall on the floor listen and then and my husband plugs it in so it's lit up yeah this has to be this is now a second um year of the muck and second year well this will see how far it goes january 31st yes i think it went into march last year i don't know (laughs) i maybe draw the line at my birthday but i but i gotta tell you if that's a birthday tree I'm here for it. Hey. No one else is going to put that shit away. It's twinkling. It's happy. (laughs) All right. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of former U.S. Senator from Oregon, Robert Packwood. Packwood stood out from the beginning of his political career for his stubborn attitude and progressive stance. However, it was his flair with words that earned him notability. But... When allegations of sexual misconduct and alleged assault surfaced <gasps> in 1992, Packwood's own words were used against him. Oh, God. This so story. Girl. This story <laughs> had me laughing at certain parts mm. and like really pissed off at other parts. Yeah. So our story takes place in Oregon. He's originally from Portland. And we've talked about like the crunchy granola aspects of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like this is where we are. We've covered the That's standoff the yes, and other yes, things yes, in yes, Oregon. Yes, yes. So uh, before I go into details about his crime, I want to give you a little bit of background. So again, I feel like I always say I'm not deep diving and I'm not deep diving into his whole life, but I'm going to just touch on some highlights from his career. Okay. Okay. So he was politically active early on. Uh, As an undergrad, he was a member of his campus's Young Republicans. He volunteered for various campaigns and he, like many politicians, studied law. In 1957, he earned his law degree from NYU and then he headed back to Portland to practice. In 1962, he was elected to the Oregon House of Reps. 
but he had served as a chairman of the Multnomah County's uh, Republican Central Committee for two years prior to that. So right when he gets back, he is on like this county board right. and then he gets elected to the Oregon House in hmm. 1962. Hmm. And during this time, he was highlighted for his skills in outreach. And according to his wiki page, what they called his Packwood style. Mm hmm of campaigning because they were like, wow, look at how he got all of these votes. And then they um, had him start his own PAC, his own political action committee to mm -hmm. kind of train people in his style of campaigning to, to win more wow. seats. So that was something notable from that time of his uh, time in the House. And then in 1968, he's elected to the U.S. Senate. And he was known, and another one of these guys who was known as a moderate Republican, but really progressive. Okay. And again... Um, I just was surprised, and, and I don't think that a Republican like this can exist today. Right. At all. It's, it's, um, a not, it's not allowed. It's not allowed. I mean, it, for example, he supported the right to choose, and he even put a bill forward mm. before Roe v. Wade wow. about letting women choose. I just can you imagine that today? No, and no. I, and I know that it sounds bad. Like they that that if you're in a party, you have to fall within these lines. But there's a large part of me that like wishes. Democrats were like that. There's a lot of Democrats that I would be like, you're not, you're on the wrong side of this fucking issue now. Yes. And I don't know if it's their age, if it's their um, religious background or whatever, but you don't vote against women's rights as a Democrat. Right. Right. Period. Right. But it's, I, I like the idea of being part of a party, but being able to yes. kind of have a position on something that might yes. be outside of your parties. Yes. And then you can actually work with other people. And We've talked about this before, like even yes. with gun control. I feel like there's a way to talk about gun control without being like, we're banning all these weapons. Yes. I'm not talking about like military grade weapons, but like we're banning. All no, there's got to be a way we can talk about gun control that's reasonable. Right. You know what I mean? But when it comes to women's rights, which is something that's very oh, no, important no, no, to me, no, 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 don't no. fucking come to me yes. and tell me that, well, I don't know. No, get the fuck out of my yeah. face. You're well, not part of this. Well, the language We need has... you to be on our side because the other side is so against us. We right. need somebody to be fighting for women. And if you're a Democrat and you're not doing that, then you're part of my the problem of the world and well, my, the, but my, the, the language like, has, the language has changed. It's all, you yes. know, it's all about, you you're know, this human rights yeah. and um, the word baby is yeah. The, that's the term that is used no matter what, you know, yeah. part. Yeah. So according to Kath, uh, Catherine Seeley's article in the New York Times, he also championed Israel. And Timothy, Timothy Egan of the Times noted that Packwood considered himself a feminist. And mm. he hired many women to top-tier positions. Mm. He hung out with Gloria Steinem. He also wrote that Packwood didn't hesitate to go against members of his own party. For example, he didn't vote on Nixon's Supreme Court nominations, and he was the first to call on Nixon to resign with the Watergate scandal. Wow. So, again, um, I thought that was really interesting yes. that he sort of stood his ground on certain issues, and that's what it was. Egan also referenced one of the highlights of Packwood's career when he chaired the Senate Finance Committee, and this was this tax reform bill of 1986 the article noted that the bill was one of the most important that had been passed in 30 years. And this was coming from a 1995 article. Mm -hmm. So we're getting close. Like, you he's know, been in for 30 years. He was years. in a long time. And this yeah. was like a huge bill. And everyone was like, you know, it was like one of his huge successes as a senator. Wow. So Egan also notes that his work on the bill garnered attention for his ability to work with people. But we are going to see shortly that all may not have been as it seemed in terms of how he worked with people. So what did he do? Mm. 
1992, allegations start to surface, and it was the Washington Post that published the first expose that alleged that Packwood was kissing women without their consent. And then I was like, oh, Packwood, his kind of name takes on like a gross, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of cringy feel, right? No. So, Is there anything worse (laughs) than a guy who... Even on a date, this which is not in this, I'm going to guess is not the situation here, but no. like doesn't know, can't read the signs and comes in for a kiss. Oh, like, I know. I the mean, the date was it? bad. We did not hit it off. Yes. You're walking me to the door and then you're leaning in for a kiss and it's like, yeah, honey, but this was more no, than just leaning no. in. This was like no, I pulling people's ponytails, yeah. like forcing. No, him. no, 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 no. It, it, it's there's nothing worse than some fucking guy who thinks they can do whatever <sighs> the fuck they want. So NPR reported some of the testimony that was put before the Senate Ethics Committee that allegedly happened in 1992. So a young staffer, apparently, while she was on the phone, he comes up behind her, he kisses her on the neck. Ah! Isn't that just, Ah! I know, I was like, barf, like, uh. Fucking creeped me out. And what's worse, so I just want to do a trigger warning because Mm. this could make some folks uncomfortable. It's just, he's just disgusting. So she also reported, quote, this is from the article, finally he grabbed her, when she tried to kick him in the shins, he stood Ooh. on her feet. He <gasps> grabbed her ponytail with his left hand, pulled her head back forcefully, and gave her a big wet kiss with his tongue in her mouth. She did not smell or taste any alcohol. With his right hand, he reached up under her skirt and grabbed the edge of her panty girdle and tried to pull it down. She struggled, got away from him, and ran into the front office. He stalked out past her, paused at the threshold to, uh, it, to the hallway, and told her, if not today, someday. And left. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm very upset. I, I can't even. Can you imagine being no. this per? And this is the thing that's horrible is that he was this really respected senator. So a lot of these staffers were happy and eager to work for him. And then you know these things would happen. So in 1993, can tri- I ask you a question? Yes. Can we just fucking exist? Can women yes. exist in this world without? Like that being a thing. What the fuck? Yeah, no. I don't understand this. It's disgusting. This girl is working in your office and this is what you're doing? Yes. I mean, I can't even get old. Like, I have a daughter. I know. What if she wants to go do this and this happens to her? Yeah. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. Why can't we just be and live and exist in a world where this is not a thing? I know. In 1993, Trip Gabriel reported an incident in the New York Times. He noted that Packwood wanted to meet one of his campaign chairs, Gina Hutton. And she claimed that after the meeting, he grabbed her and she thought he was going to hug her, but he kissed her on the mouth, quote, wriggling his tongue into her mouth. Ew. And Gabriel reports that Hutton felt shame, like somehow it was her fault. And the violence in it all. Right. Pulling someone's ponytail, standing on their feet. Oh, my God. He, it's violent. There's it's violent. There's something else happening here. But she had this, and, and this is a common thing. Did I do something to lead him on? Did well, I, you know, that's you start because, questioning, right? Because, because of the, how we're, our culture, how, yes. But that's how women are. Yes. Like I said, I bump into a chair and I say, excuse me. Yes. We had to start saying, fuck politeness. Yes. We are able to exist in this world without being manhandled. I am not what's behind between my neck and my knees. Yes. Okay? I'm a human being with a brain. 
brain that functions. And I am more than like a vagina and boobs. Like that's outrageous. That's but outrageous. that's how he views women. Oh. And it's disgusting. Well, the thing that's the worst part is he's hanging out with Gloria Steinem and he he is sort of known as this the sociopath. As this feminist. Oh fuck it's, you. Oh and, and Go that's fuck the, yourself. Well, this is a lot of people were outraged and a lot of feminist groups were outraged when all of this came out because um, they thought that he say, was I, a champion. And for I'm them. gonna say something to you right now. Awful. With, with full 100%, I don't give a fuck who hears it. Uh-oh. Men are not our friends. Period. The end. I'm sorry. That's it. You can't trust um, one of these motherfuckers. Sorry. And God, I have a brother and I love him. I love him. Yes. But I do not trust anyone to like outside of my family. How about yeah. that? Okay. How about that? You've got a brother. Yes. You've got a husband. Okay, fine. Yes. Outside of my family, I don't trust any of right. you motherfuckers. I know. <laughs> it's it's no. hard to, to trust. No. This so, is, look at this guy. I know. So she also stated that he then tried to get her into his motel room and she refused. And when Jesus, and then this is the thing that upsets me too, because people always say, well, why didn't they report it? Why didn't they say something? This is a powerful Senator who wielded his power. And it's, it's hard to go up against that. It's hard to go up against that, whether you're in a corporation or whatever it is, when the power dynamic is such that you don't feel like you can go up against that. And that fear is the same. And the if, repercussions yes, and everything yes. else. But that, it's, it, whether it's a senator, the fear is the same if you're working at a fast food restaurant yes. and your manager does this to you in right. the freezer when you go to get hamburger patties and he's doing this yes. to, to you. That's the same exact fear. The power level of the manager at Burger King, or I don't want to say Burger King, at a fast food restaurant yes. and, and and the senator at the U.S. It's Senate the same. is the same exact fear. It's the right. same woman and, in that position. And a lot of the time what happens, the woman's character comes into question. Yes. You know, like it's all of this other stuff oh, that you have to say. With me. They, they Then you have to defend your character right. and some people don't want to go through it i i don't blame them they don't want to go through but i gotta that. ask you something are you trying to give me a heart attack I'm on sorry. sunday morning i'm I mean, sorry is that what you're trying it's gonna to get it's it let's keep going Ugh. all right so gabriel's article also notes that hutton hadn't heard the rumors about packwood apparently he was known as a masher and i had not quite heard this term before and i've I was never like, heard a that masher. term before so a masher is a guy who makes unwelcome advances to women and that's the term for it. And people were like, oh, yeah, he's the smasher. Like, they knew. And remember, we have to remember that this is from, he, he's elected in the 60s, oh, right? God help me. And there's this period of time where this type of garbage wasn't considered abusive. Listen. It was overlooked. It was laughed off. But in the 90s, things start to change. And he's still kind of doing this stuff. And Gabriel writes that during his 92 re-election campaign, 10 women came out wow. claiming sexual misconduct, what? spanning the majority of his career, right? From the late 60s to 1990. Jesus. And then the number went up to 24. But can I say something real quick? Yes. Masher is a cute word for sexual assault. Yes. You're, you're a sexual assaulter. Yes. That's what you are. Yes. You're assaulting women. Yeah, harassment. And you're hurting them for the rest of their lives. Harassment. You're a piece of shit. You don't stick your hand up someone's skirt and grab their underwear. What the fuck? That's an assault. And by the way, I can't even imagine what this guy looks like, but I guarantee you he's no fucking Magnum P.I. Oh, okay? wait. Just girl, you got to wait. So, author J. Oh, Michael. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. And even if he looked like Magnum P.I., it's, it's still, still not okay. Yeah, no. It's still please, not okay. Please, Author J. Michael Martinez noted that women 
were warned never to be alone with him. Oh, so that was the thing. Get like, him it out was, of office. Can you imagine? What's he doing there? What's he but doing? P- oh my God, P.S. He got elected in 1992. No! Okay. <laughs> so, I quit. I Podcast is over. <laughs> fuck this. I'm burning my house down and I'm getting the fuck out of town. Oh fuck this God. shit. Tina, All no. All right. So <laughs> the thing so is, since these allegations started surfacing during that reelection campaign, Stephen Dewan for the Oregon Live noted that he delayed the original article Packwood did from coming out by trying to discredit the women oh my God. and like sending in information about them. Right. So then it comes out like either right after he's right around that time and people were justifiably uh, pissed off. Like, oh my God, like we didn't know this thing about him. God damn it. So then there's this three-year investigation that starts with the Senate Ethics Committee. So what does he do? Like this kind of all comes out. This is like the 90s. What did people always do like when they got busted for something? I, I can't. Do you remember my this? Head, my head is cloudy. Oh, sorry. They, they <laughs> check into rehab. So he checks into rehab. For alcoholism. And apparently the, the, the thing was like, oh, he was drinking before these events. But remember that one woman said, I didn't yes. smell alcohol on right. his breath. So that this was it. like he was trying to maybe say, oh, I don't remember. I don't know. All I know is the article was said he, he was accidentally in a- castrated there because yes. that's the only way that rehab's <laughs> going to fucking work. So Gabriel's article also raised some interesting questions in the article. And, and I was, I was shocked at it, but then I had to remember this is happening. The article's written in 1995. And so I keep t- saying yes. to myself, okay, we're, we're in a different po- time period. Clinton's and, in office. Yeah. You know, all, and Anita Hill, you know, there's yes. all of this stuff that's happening, Woo. but he kind of brings up these questions in the article. Does it matter that these occurrences happened when it wasn't deemed harassment by society? And my feeling is, no, it's, it's, it's wrong, right? Like, full stop. Because yeah. it's sort of like the, the Weinstein, or, well, everybody did it. This is how right. it was. That right. was, you know, slapping the people on the behind and blah, blah, blah. That's just what it was. And it's like, no, you know when someone doesn't want your advances, mm. you know? And so, like, this whole idea. But I get that at the time, that was sort of the question that people were saying. But I feel like, no, it's, again, full stop. It's wrong. Uh, can we say that men didn't know better? Right. No, you know? They knew better. We can say that this is a product of a misogynistic system that didn't value women. Yeah. You know, and like also, I can write, we, we got to recognize that. Like, yes. and they, they thought that they could do whatever the hell they want because this is the system that was in place. But also, I think we need to also remember and know that no matter what time in history this happened, the effect that it had on the victims of these things is exactly the same. Yes. So it didn't matter if it's the 1800s when um, what's Garfield, yes. is that, you know, who was, was Cleveland. It, Cleveland, Cleveland, I'm sorry, Grover Cleveland was um, having sex with a woman yes. and she becomes pregnant and humiliates her and didn't, I, I mean, puts her in an asylum, puts her in an asylum. Like the effect it had on women then and these women here is exactly the, the same, same because humans are not evolving in that way. Yes. So your effect, whether you want to be public and talk about it and say it's wrong or not, you're still affecting a human being's life forever. And you have to know that. You have you know, to know that. And, regardless and, if everyone's doing it, you have to know. I, I, and the way it makes women feel. feel that this is all that their value is, is what's between their legs yes. and how that's their path. That's the, and that's, that's your value. That's what you want from them. And especially, and they, don't, they don't give you any other value. Especially 
when again he is sort of known as this really right, progressive Republican. It. It's it's all yeah, they, on their they, hands. He's hiring all these no, women, and no. women are thinking, "Wow, I get to work with this incredible politician." And then that happened. Don't it's, ever turn your back on a strange terrible. man. I don't care if you work for him it's or terrible. not. Don't turn your back on him. These so motherfuckers. Allegedly, according to Catherine Seal's uh, New York Times article on September eighth, nineteen ninety five. Bob Packwood announces his resignation. Now, what's interesting here is sort of like the Secretary of War, uh, Belknap from episode 56, Packwood hopes to avoid the consequences mm-hmm. of his actions. And in this case, it was expulsion because they were deciding, are we going to expel him from the Senate? So the day before he resigned, the Senate Select Committee on Ethics unanimously voted for his expulsion and they released a ton oh, God, help of me. evidence. She writes that it was 10,145 pages long of evidence. Can you imagine all those documents? No, I can't. And Seeley notes that in his resignation speech, so he's on the Senate floor and he's, I'm resigning, right? And he, and he gives this long speech, like highlighting all of the Turn amazing the things Turn that he's off. done. Ugh. No, 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 no. This is the 90s. So he's there, tears, like resigning. And he said uh, that he was, quote, aware of the dishonor that has befallen me in the last three years. Hmm. It's my duty to resign. Hmm. I leave this institution not with malice, but with love. Oh, well, I can tell you where you can stick that motherfucker. But here's the thing that I couldn't believe I was reading is that his colleagues in the Senate start praising him. They're going down, giving him hugs talking about how awesome Packwood is. And I just feel like today that would not have happened. It probably would be a, di- I mean, they're all like, oh, this guy, oh, but you know, kind of like, oh, this is, this sucks that this is happening to him. And it's, it, and I don't know, because remember he just uh, he resigns before all those documents come out. So maybe they weren't aware of the level of assault that he was I'm, I'm, up to. I'm so angry. I can't, I, I can't I even know. comment. I'm so fucking mad, Tina. Well, we're about to get into my favorite part of this story. Well, I hope it's not going to be more of this because I want to kill someone right now. Murder. There was a diary. Remember I said his own words end up being used against him? Oh, my God. So he tried desperately to not have his diary used as evidence. But then chair of the Senate Uh, Ethics Committee. Dear Dear diary. Dear di- oh, you I wait attempted into- to rape this girl today. No, oh. Tina, stop. Oh, it's not like that. Oh, girl. Tina. Uh, just A rape wait. journal? It's a rape journal. Motherfucker. So, then chair of the Senate Ethics Committee, Mitch McConnell. Whoa! <laughs> wait, believe wait, it or not. <laughs> Give it to me, girl. Believe it or not. Yes. It was like, we need this. We need this diary. So they, they fight to get this diary. And this diary... It's the likes of which I have never seen. It would be perfect for some fan fiction erotica blog. No. With like the garbage that he said. Okay. Oh, and this is the best part. It was an audio diary that they transcribed. Oh, Oh, I mean, (laughs) the level of like perverted, sick, dark, twisted fucking bullshit that this is. It's so gross. I know. What happened to this man to make him so fucked? What happened? So I'm going to read an excerpt. And when I read this, I oh, was so beyond shocked. I need a cigarette. Quickly. You're gonna, you're gonna. Okay. So this is this is what he said in his diary. 
I hate the way you're looking at me right now because I'm so mad. Go ahead. Your beautiful face is making me so angry because you're smiling and I just, I can't, I want to kill everybody. I know that you're going <laughs> to, I know that you're going to freak out. God help me. Oh my God help me. Don't have a heart attack. I'm only 42, Lord. Okay. Don't take me yet. <laughs> Please, God. Okay. I have one question. If she didn't want me to feather her nest, why did she come into the Xerox room? <laughs> sure. Sure. She used that old, old excuse that she had to make copies of the Brady Bill. But if you believe that, I have a room full of radical feminists you can boff. She knew I was copying stuff in there. I had my jacket off with my sleeves rolled up, revealing the well-defined musculature of my sinewy arms, which are always bulging with desire. I know what she wanted. This didn't require a lot of thought. I'm going to cry. I think I'm going to cry. My bulging with desire. I have fists. I my know. hands are in fists. Like, I'm so fucking mad. I want to punch somebody. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That this is what he wrote. So this is what he wrote. That, guess what? It was a copy room. So, yeah, she was probably in there just making freaking copies. And that he's talking about his sinewy, bulging muscles, bulging with desire. Who writes this about themselves, number one? I'm in pain. It, it's I'm in so much pain right now. Crazy. I hate this guy so All right. much. So Oregon Life. Did Lively, he die yet? Can we curse him? Oh, no, no, no. He's, oh, girl. No. Just, just you wait. No. <laughs> Oregon Live noted that his diary also revealed that there were, quote, 22 staff members I'd made love to and probably <gasps> 75 others I've had a passionate relationship with. P.S. The same article noted that Packwood was married for 22 years and divorced in 1990. So he's married the entire time so remember um that this is the other sort of little twist that comes out in the diary so they're getting the diaries because they think it's going to confirm these assaults right right but something else gets revealed in the diary as well so remember when i said that he got praise for his ability to work with people it turns out that it was more because he made deals he would take money from people after doing them favors and, he and this, this was also revealed in his diaries. And this was an issue they really weren't aware of until they got the tapes. Mm. So, in fact, Jordan Michael Smith interviewed him in 2014 for Politico and provided some excerpts. For example, uh, he noted that Packwood was going to help out Shell Oil and do a favor to pass a special oil tax as a thank you for campaign money. Another article in the Baltimore Sun explained sort of how this worked. And he explained that this was soft money. And that corporations give money to sort of a larger thing that's supposed to help with voter registration drives and sort of this thing. And and then it Mm -hmm. funnels to the candidates. So he's writing a book about how you can uh, basically can run for office. And and he says he knows that it's illegal. In fact, the Sun Sentinel reported that Packwood said, quote, and this is in the diary, what was said in that room would be enough to convict us all of something. Mm. And then it also reported that he deleted that reference before he turned the material over to the committee. But the best part is, is that in his diary, he said what he did, that he removed parts oh of my the diary. God. Before it's I like, get this diary, I'm going to oh like, so stupid. I can't. So This guy stupid. was elected for 30 fucking years. Okay, so, and the charges, and this is solely within the Senate Ethics Committee, right? There were no formal legal charges against him. Oh my God. So <gasps> it was 
sexual misconduct, obstruction of justice, and ethics charges. So there were 18 instances of alleged sexual misconduct. Wow. There was obstruction with the removal of those diary pages and ethics because of the financial gain from the deal making that he was doing. So these are the three things that they investigated. So the committee voted the aftermath. The committee voted to expel him, but he resigned. So it doesn't really go any further. Jesus. And And he probably gets his. Here we go. Gets his pension. Oh, he resigned, right? So not going to be expelled. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, sorry. Not only that, (laughs) according to Williamette Week, a publication, Mm -hmm. Packwood became a lobbyist right away and just avoided the media. I I have like such an issue with lobbyists, and I really feel like if you're an elected official, it should be eight years, ten years before you get to be a lobbyist because you know it's all this bullshit. You're making deals, making deals, making deals. And that should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. And if there's enough of a gap, mm-hmm. it can maybe stop have some the of this corruption. There, right. You know, it's that you're you lose Ugh. your influence over those yes. years, and you can't just walk in. And wow. the idea that he gets this cush deal after what he did, like immediately after, and in fact, um, Smith's uh, political article notes that um, in one year he had made a million dollars, and discussed how many politicians who have left office under less than ideal circumstances have found success Mm -hmm. as lobbyists. Wow. Uh, Jeff Mapes of the Oregonian interviews Packwood in 2019 for another article. And Packwood is basically living this really nice life. Um, One lobbyist position for Molina Healthcare paid him 240,000. So he lobbies for different people. So 240,000 from this group, another set of money from this group. Wow. 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 And it's, he's profiting in political arenas when he hasn't paid for his crime. Okay. He still works as a pundit Mm-mm. and it pisses me off. Like, I feel like if you resign because you abused your position as a politician, you should not be allowed to have these jobs in DC. The reason this is allowed, Tina, <sighs> is because people they don't in power don't care about women. They don't. We don't mean jack shit to anyone. Do you understand? It's shocking. So shocking. This behavior is excused away. It's allowed. Yes. The way that the Democrats excused away Bill Clinton abusing that girl in the fucking Oval yes. Office, which I'm sorry, whether she was willing or P.S. not, it's fucking abuse yes. of power. And P.S., not to mention all the people back in Arkansas before he took office as okay? president. So the fact that we don't value women, and in this, and I'm not saying Bill Clinton was, this is, this, yes. this guy was attacking women. Yeah, okay, no, no, here. no. But the fact that we don't value women and are their bodies, okay, yeah. and their say over what happens to, to us is the reason this shit is allowed to happen. And that it continues to happen. That's right. So this isn't a one-off. No. Okay? This guy's allowed to make hundreds of thousands of dollars because these corporations Millions. don't care about women. Yes. The fucking Congress doesn't care about women. You should see his women. beautiful house. Fuck Beautiful house, Fuck living him. a great life. So, oh. some points of interest. In 2009, that Willamette Week uh, publication interviewed Packwood, and he had this to say about his resignation because they asked him about it. And he says, quote, all professions, all games have rules. You violate the rules, you're out. And the rules change from time to time. But I was in politics long enough to realize that if in a particular time you violated what they perceived to be the rules, even your friends would turn to you and say, tough luck, you're out. And that happened to me at the time. I really can't complain about it because I knew as long as I was in politics that you don't violate the rules. That's all. I just violated the rules, right? I didn't assault women. 
it's a game of politics. This is so it's, beyond the, th- the people we cover. The, when we well, cover people on this podcast and they fuck with money. Yes. They steal money or whatever. They're in jail. They go to jail. Yeah. It's it's not a har- it's a crime but it, it's a harmless you're not hurting people. Yes. These are women who the rest of their fucking lives will be affected. Oh, there are some and women that And if they squeal, that, they're not going to be welcomed right. back in well, DC. Well, and but there are some women that Jay, they left Of course, you know, probably yes. probably their whole lives yes. wanting to work in DC yes. and be a part of this stupid fucking piece of shit government and then they got to deal with some goddamn pervert piece mm-hmm. of shit attempted rapist. I know. Fuck you. He had a nickname around the time of the allegations against him, Senator Peckerwood. Okay, I can't. Tina, how much more information I'm is out, there? Because I'm going to fucking I'm die. almost done. I'm almost done. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Mapes also reported that in 2019, so this is what I was shocked at too. In 2019. Yeah. Okay, this isn't back in 1990. No. This is a couple years ago. Yeah. He testified before the Senate Finance what? Committee about tax return. And basically, he was invited to speak about his work on that 1986 tax reform bill that was Excuse like so great. Excuse me? And then the article did know that some people questioned why they would call on someone who had resigned and was expelled. But hey, let's just have him who on and get his opinion. Him? And get his opinion. But who called for him? It's fucking outrageous. It's, it's, it's outrageous. Outrageous. I was like, this is like two years ago. Why is he still in these circles? I, I, I'm... It's a pariah. I'm, 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 I'm he should speechless. be a pariah. And speaking of his resignation, as you said, mm. he got to keep his $89,000 yep. a year pension and his health benefits. Oh, yeah. His health oh, benefits. How are your health benefits? How, guess what? How, how about how are yours, Steve? Yes. Are they good? Yes. Because this motherfucker's got the gold package. Yeah. And let me tell you, I was my husband and I were talking about this. Any job that mm. you have when yeah. you resign, you Can't do not keep, keep the health no. benefits. <laughs> Why are we paying for, imagine all of these people from Congress, why are we paying for this for life? Yeah, no. Go back to your job. You were a teacher, you were a lawyer, you were whatever the hell, go back and do something else. Your fucking lobbyist money Go can't get, get on you. Medicare, you're like everyone there, else. And you're in there lobbying for health insurance companies and you can't get a policy oh, out of that? You fucking motherfucker. God. So I found this other kind of like strange story uh, that I just wanted to bring in that I thought was interesting. So back in 1988, there was this filibuster happening in the Senate regarding campaign finance reform. And in the middle of the night, the Republicans scatter, right? Because they're supposed to be voting and they all take off running and the Capitol Police has to like, they have to go hunt them down Whoa. to get them back into the chamber. Oh, And so uh, Packwood tries to barricade his door Right. And they come in and he sort of just collapses in their arms. <laughs> and he said it was later. It was a question of their mass versus his mass. And they carried him feet first back into the chamber. What in the fuck? And he was like, I didn't come here fully voluntarily because like, they didn't want to vote. Wow. They had to drag him in. Like, this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Like, we don't have time for this. Uh, and I have one more thing that oh, I thought God, was interesting and then, and, and we'll wrap it up. But, um, I thought this was really funny. The Kipsap Sun reported that in 1995, so this is at the height of when this is happening, an exhibition called on artists to represent Packwood's travails and they created symbolic representations of Packwood's experience, like, um, that basically highlighted like him as a sexual assaulter Jesus. and like, and they were like, yes, uh, you know, politicians come, why don't you come take a look at our exhibit? And oh. I thought that's kind of cool. And most of them of course were, you know, not 
for Packwood, um, they, I think it said that there may have been one or two pieces that were slightly sympathetic, but the rest were certainly not. Of course. And I thought, how cool is that? Like to, you know, call on people to get creative and really highlight what this guy did. So I thought that was a really interesting, you know, uh, show that they put on. There's um, another, um, there's a show that you can see. I think it's in New York. It's an exhibit that is incredible. But it's rape victims. Oh God! Um, on display are the clothes they were wearing <gasps> when they were raped. Oh, so you can see that it's not about what the fuck they were wearing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God, that gave me goosebumps. I'm sorry. Well, All right. listen. Well, that's the story of Peckerwood Packwood, the sleazy senator from Oregon. Okay. Well, listen to me. First of all, I want to say one thing to you. Uh, I was trying to say not say the f word. I know. <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> In this podcast, I was like, I'm going to make an effort to like not say fuck. And then here well, I come. Here I mean, I, come. I think I've said it about 5,000 <laughs> times today. Well, but listen, also, it's warranted. It's warranted reminds, today. My this, whole us discussing this right now yeah. reminds me of one of my favorite memes of all time. And it's a quite, and it says, oh, what are you, one of those angry feminist types? And the answer was, first of all, yes. Yes. And I will be an angry feminist for the rest of my life. I love men. Right. I really do. But men like this give you all a bad name. Yes. So if y'all, if the good guys need to call don't this out, start standing up for women, then you're all going to go down with the ship because yeah. I'm, I'm lumping you all in with them. So it, you better it, start standing up for women and saying what's right and what's wrong. And we should have been doing it for 200 years, 300. Right. It's time. To me, it's outrageous that he is still given an audience, yeah. that he is still considered a respected voice on, on these political it's, issues, it's the that he's still making money as a lobbyist. No, no. It's, this should not be permitted. And listen, this is should the height of like abuse of power, but for the good guys that are out there that are listening, because I know there's a lot of you that listen, yes. and I really love you and appreciate you. So please don't, yes, I'm an angry feminist, but I appreciate the good guys. Yes. I do. But when your friend says a, tells you a joke, and it's like so sexist, that's where it starts. Start yes. there and go, listen, bro. Yeah. That was fucked up. I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate that. It, you know, my, I, that offends, it's offensive to me. You really shouldn't tell that joke to people. Start there. Start there. Hey, right. racist jokes too. I'm going to say, yes. if something's racist, hey, that's not funny. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say in mixed company that something's not funny. Start making people aware that their fucking jokes or the things they say to women or staring at a woman when she's driving. How uh, many times have you pulled up next to a car and this other car pulls up next to you and you look yes. over and some guy's like sticking his tongue out at you oh, or like making a I comment. I gotta tell you. And now you're I in gotta your tell car you. and you can't move. I gotta tell you, a couple years ago, um, I live fairly close to my place of employment. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just ride my bike. Oh, like a God. Couple, can't do that. A uh, couple of days a week. And I had to stop because it was non-stop. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the last straw was a guy who did the V with his fingers and stuck his tongue through it. Oh, nice. Classy. While I was like at, I, and, and, and saying obscene things and I was like, oh, well, sorry. I can't do this now. Tina, that didn't turn you on. You didn't want to pull over and go, yeah, let's, yeah. let me get in the back of your van yeah. so you can do that to me. Yeah. That's no. so hot. 
No, it doesn't work. All you're no. doing is making women uncomfortable. Oh my God. And I you're No, gross. then you're scared yeah. because then yes. I'm like, oh, I'm on a bike. I got yep. it. You know? Yes. No, listen, it's all bad. Never again. It's all bad. So and I never bad, rode my bike again. Like it's bad work. at this level that you're talking about because it's an incredible abuse of power, but it's also bad when it's on the street and you can't even walk down the street and exist. No. And let me, and let me say something else. I'm no fucking beauty queen. Okay. But it happens to all women yes. all the time. All We're always time. scared. Believe yes. me when I say you, if you see a woman walking down the street or riding her bike and she's alone, she's afraid. Yeah. She's aware of everyone around her. She's aware of how many times I was on a fucking run yesterday morning and I was aware that a, a black Audi with a guy driving it with a video camera out for some reason went around the block twice. I was aware of the yes. cars going around me. And that is a fact of life for women is that we have to constantly be constantly. on the lookout for some fucking creep who might want to hurt us. Correct. We're constantly in fear. So- when I get angry like this, I'm an angry feminist, absolutely. But I'm also a woman who's always trying to survive this goddamn world yes. that men have created that we can't really exist in. Yeah. So scared to off. go in a parking lot at night, honey. I mean, even when I run too, like, there's certain routes oh. where, depending yes. on the time of the day in the morning, I'm like, oh no, it's a little too dark, or so, it's a little, you know. I've been and, riding my and, bike at night around this one path, and I'm going to write my commissioner today yes. and email him because. There, there are part, I have to go at night after work, but the, there's parts of the path that are so pitch black that I'm looking in the bushes to see if someone's yes. going to jump out. Like that's, it, that's not okay. Yeah. Put lights on the bike path, please. Yes. It's not safe for people to drive, women to ride through there. Oh, all oh, right. Well, that was Lord. my story. Well, I got to tell you. Um, I didn't mean to rile you up, girl. Well, it doesn't take much. <laughs> the wind blows and I'm like, I'm pissed. 911, what's your emergency? Every 60 seconds. A person is murdered somewhere in the world. There was a shootout in my house. I can't believe it. What causes ordinary people to do unthinkable things? He stabbed me in my neck. And he says, look how easily I could kill you. The Minds of Madness is a true crime podcast that examines the most disturbing criminal minds. We shed a light on the devastating impact these violent crimes have on the victims and their families. When you get calls in the night, you know they're not good or they're wrong numbers. You'll hear about the incredible strength of the survivors and what they did to fight back. I was studying his face because I was thinking, if I get out of this, I'm going to get you someday. Subscribe to the Minds of Madness podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. But, um, so my story's dark as fuck. And Uh-oh. like, now I'm here. Now, now I'm in a place that's like all crazy. Okay. So. Oh, no. <sighs> oh, God. I'm going to tell you about the 1917 bath riots at the Mexico-U.S. border. What? I know. So there's a podcast I follow on Instagram called Working Class History. Oh. And so they put these stories up. And every time I stop and I look and go, oh, what's their podcast about this week? And they did this story. And it's really, really good. And I've never heard of it before. And I don't think a lot of people have heard about it. But it's really, really dark and fucked up. And <laughs> oh <laughs> now I'm in this frame God. of mind where I want to kill everybody. So this is a perfect time for me to read the story. Oh, no. All right, so a little bit of history about what was happening at that time at the border. So by 1914, uh, 
Venestiano Carranza had been sworn into office as Mexico's head of state, ending, ending the main fighting of the Mexican Revolution. So this revolution was happening. It included a sequence of armed struggles that lasted between from 1910 to 1920, and it transformed the Mexican culture, culture and the government. So what was happening is that there was this 31-year-long regime of Porfirio Diaz. So he was trying to stay in power as long as possible in Mexico. Okay. And it just, people were fucking done, you know? Okay. And so they had this, um, the, the there was just a struggle to get a new president in there. And they finally were able to do it after an insurrection. Like they had to throw this guy out. Okay. So all these wealthy landowners are like now fighting oh. to be the, the next president. Okay. And there's like, um, voter fraud and like, you know, it's, it's all kinds of shit going on. I didn't want to dive too deep yes. into it. Yes. But the guy who ends up winning is, um, this guy, Venestiano Carranza. So this guy Carranza, this he's a wealthy landowner. He ends up being the president of Mexico and uh he in 1915 and then he defeats all these revolutionary forces including his former ally Pancho Villa. Pancho oh, Villa, you know, okay. Yeah. So um US president at the time Woodrow Wilson was tired of the fighting and so he moved and he was being more concerned with events that were happening in unfolding in Europe in World War 1 and so he withdrew American forces from Mexico because remember it's right on our border yes. so we were involved in like trying to keep everything civil there Yeah Okay so between um also what was happening between 1915 and 1917 typhus was spreading from Mexico City to the provinces in Mexico of Veracruz and Jalisco um, and typhus was spread through lice and oh. it kind of was like typhoid fever, but it wasn't as serious. Okay. Um, but it was just a disease that was going around yeah. at the time. El Paso sits right on the border. Yes. Um, and it's still a heavily Mexican, uh, immigrants come in and out of there all the time. And at the time you could cross through the border there. Uh, with ease like yeah. it was just showing because it's and right so, there yeah and tons of people would go in for work or school all the time it wasn't a big deal but they elected a mayor thomas calloway leah jr and this guy uh the, the new el paso mayor was like obsessed with cleanliness cleanliness oh no okay so not just like body clean like he was like ocd not just a body cleanliness like everything had to be clean but he became obsessed with like Mexicans are dirty. Oh God! And Come they bring, on, they bring diseases over the border, and like what was happening at the time with immigration was like we have to be careful about who we're letting in here. They're going to spread diseases, you know that whole racist, racist, yeah. you know the things that the things that you still hear today. Yes. That's what was yes. happening there. Like you would go to the movies, and before the movies, it would be like we're at Ellis Island. We're checking people here, and we're going to make sure that they're not carrying diseases into the country. Like it was just this right. awful rhetoric, right. right? This this racist, rhetoric. and then plus, if there are these diseases that are spread like lice, yes, through close contact and this, that, and the other. So it's especially blamed. if you're coming in on Ellis Island, coming in on the boat. Yes. Diseases are spread easily. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. So um, he, at one point, there was a, there's neighborhoods in El Paso that were heavily Mexican immigrants. And he was ordering um, neighborhoods to be raided, like homes to be raided by the police. And if they found, and of course, when they show you the neighborhoods on the map, it's all these Mexican neighborhoods, like Mexican immigrants. And it wasn't like the white neighborhoods in El Paso, right? And so uh. he would order the police, they'd go into the homes. And if they found lice, <gasps> the homes were fumigated and like their their belongings, a lot of their belongings were burned. No. And so like hundreds of homes were like completely destroyed because this guy was like out of his fucking mind. Yeah, this is the most insane thing that I've it, ever heard. Well, get, get, 
put your seatbelt on. Oh my God. Because you're going to, it's just fucking infuriating. So they are like knocking on doors. Let me look through your hair. Yeah. And if they found lice. Or if they thought they saw lice. I mean, these are idiots I mean, with flashlights, like, yeah. like police officers. Like, they don't know how to look for lice. They're not school teachers in the 1980s. Remember, school teachers would be able to get in your hair? Yes. Oh, girl, that was, <laughs> talk about stress. I was like, please, God, don't find lice in yes. my hair. I'd be so embarrassed right now. <laughs> Every time they started looking. Okay, anyway. Um, he sent telegrams to U.S. senators in Washington, D.C., demanding a quarantine be put in place to stem the tide of, quote, Dirty, lousy, destitute <gasps> Mexicans, end quote. No. Who would spread typhus into El Paso. <sighs> okay. Wow. The public health service officer God, for El Paso. I hope, did he get lice? I hope to God. <laughs> Please. I did wish. someone just like leave, just like lice put, their, put their hat, <laughs> or, like find his, his cap, put it, on, it on, and then, yeah, and, then, and then leave it for him to put on in the morning. <laughs> A great it's like a silent movie It'd be yeah. like, dun, 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 like rub the hat yes. and put it back. okay so the public health service officer for el paso dr bj <laughs> lloyd admitted that there was little danger and opposed a quarantine but suggested okay. how about we open some delousing plants oh that's easy yeah right yeah yeah no big deal except yes. it's not what you might think delousing is so oh, let's talk no. about what would happen here, right? Oh, so no. The US I'm officials, thinking someone's going through with the little comb oh, and oh. taking everything out. and That's then because you, you're a very kind and, and loving human being. On your way. So my kids had, have your kids, children ever had lice? No. Okay. So my kids had lice twice. <laughs> yes. No. So um, I remember the first time, because my uh, one of my children has like super thick hair. Yeah. And he was like, God, I'm itchy. Oh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> no. And, but at his school, they had said that there was, yes, you know, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an outbreak. Because it had started on a school bus. Mm. They had gone, like, kid, middle school kids <laughs> had gone on a trip. And the school that he was at at that time had, like, elementary, middle, high. Uh-huh. And so sibling, the next thing you know, it was, like, everywhere. everyone everywhere. But I called um, this lady. She comes to the house and was, like, the natural oh, way. I've heard this. Yeah, yes, and they yes. put olive oil. Because yeah. that makes them not move. And then they, she uses a white, um, like it was suave, I remember. it was, But a white conditioner mm. so that when you put it on, you can see them because oh. the nits are dark. And then she covers the hair with that and then she goes through and she combs them out. And then she comes back the next two days later and she does it all again. Yeah. And then that's it. So it's no chemicals. It's no, none of that nasty stuff that you got to mm-hmm. spray. And then she left like this aromatherapy thing you could spray in the hair that they don't like. And, and it was done and we, we didn't have a problem. So that is like the kindest, most loving thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was, it was great. And then I had the whole family, even though we didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I had my, because I had my parents come. I was like, let's just do everybody. And so everybody, she did everyone's hair. So let me tell you what the U.S. <laughs> government did, Tina, oh, because God. they didn't use olive oil and like swab conditioner to oh, help God. people, right? Okay, so the U.S. officials quickly adopted a policy of sanitizing Mexican immigrants as a disinfect- at a disinfecting station in El Paso. The policy applied to all Mexicans entering the United States at El Paso, but soon spread to the Laredo Nuevo Laredo crossing and eventually across the entire U.S.-Mexico border. So let's talk about this. Men were separated from women and children into separate buildings where they were stripped of all their clothing and valuables. Most clothing and valuables were steamed. Other items, which might be damaged by steam, like shoes, hats, or belts, were exposed to a cyanogen gas. Attendants, which were the people working there, examined the nude people for lice. (gasps) Oh, God. So women, these were all white men working at this, right? U.S. customs. And you got to stand there completely naked. Yeah, absolutely no... 
you know, credentials of like, well, what is what am I looking okay, for? Okay, first of all, number one, lice stays on your head, so you don't need to be naked. No, men were investigating women's <gasps> private areas. Yeah, no, everything, no. everything, Tina. Oh, no. Um, And then the officers conducting the strip searches were rumored to have photographed the nude women and shared the photos at bars when oh they went out to God. bars. Now, I say rumored because every story that I've read about this, all the articles, all the interviews I watched and listened yes. to, they all say rumored because they can't verify. Right, there's no but direct, people, but everybody said this is what was going on. These immigrants were saying, at cantinas, I saw pictures of naked women from those from those yes. fumigation tents, okay? Oh my God. So there's humiliation. Yes. Just oh like what you're God. saying with your guy today, right? Oh so my God. when lice were found on a man, the man's hair was clipped close to his head and the clippings were then burned, Okay. <laughs> For a woman, the hair was doused in a mixture of vinegar and kerosene, <gasps> wrapped in a towel, and then left on the hair for at least 30 minutes. Now, also, I've, I saw another article that said that they would cut a woman's hair. They would chop her hair off, right? Um, everyone was then sprayed in the face <gasps> and all over their bodies with toxic chemicals. <gasps> this included Zyklon B, <gasps> which is a trade name for yes. hydrogen cyanide. Now, when you go oh, to our Instagram, God. you are going to see pictures of these people, oh, these, no. mother, these poor people being sprayed in the face with powdered and chemicals. Oh my God. It's incredibly disturbing. Well, so was there any information on sort of five years later, 10 years later disease? No, we or... don't, I don't have any, like I couldn't, no, there's nothing like that. Because there has to have been there, some ramification of course, of on course, their health. Of course, Okay. <sighs> so oh, if lice God. were found. Wait, what about children? Same thing. Oh, no, this happened to everybody. Everybody. Um, if lice were found on reinspection, the process was then repeated again. Oh, my God. Okay. So once but you have to comb them out. Honey, like you, they don't know that. Oh you understand? God. These are dumb motherfuckers. Once attendants declared the lice test had been passed, that the naked people were gathered in a bathing area and sprayed with a liquid soap made of soap chips and kerosene oil. Oh, my God. So now they're all in a group being sprayed with, with flammable fucking, yeah. liquid. Yeah. After being sprayed with toxic oh chemicals and being humiliated naked. And after, this is just trying to come into the U.S. Yes! Just to, to work. Yeah. Oh, my God. After collecting their sanitized clothes and, and then dressing, migrants were evaluated by a foreman, vaccinated, and given a certificate that they had completed this procedure. This process was repeated every eight days. Wait. wait. So let's say you pass. Yes. You now have this little certificate yes, that yes. says you can come in for eight days. But apparently someone must have said like lice comes back in eight days. So you have oh. to go through this okay, all over Okay, so yeah, again. lice does come back because the little eggs hatch. Right. And if you don't remove them properly, it's, you know, like just spraying someone with kerosene isn't going to kill the egg. So then the egg is going to hatch and it's going to be more lice and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. So they'd have to do this again. Oh, my God. So from the disinfecting area, the migrants would then enter the INS building for processing. So then they were allowed to go through, right? And this is these are desperate people who need work. Whether and, they're and, desperate and, or not. Yeah, like, but they're just No, because if they weren't desperate, yes. they wouldn't be coming. You know what That's I mean? That's true. So, You're so, right. so they're coming to try yes. to help themselves and help their family. I, and they're subjected to torture. They had an interview. They're tortured. Yes. There was an interview with a woman who had worked at one of these places. And she said that... The things that she would hear people say is like, why are they doing this to us? Like they didn't understand. They didn't understand the mind frame of these like racist, 
You know, it's not even, yeah. and I'm sure the white people that work there probably didn't even think they were racist. They're like, no, they're dirty. They have disease. We have to make sure they're clean before they give everybody in America the disease, right? Oh like, my God. it's this fucking fucked up thing that's going on, right? Okay, so now I'm going to tell you something that I, is the reason why I wanted to do the story. Oh God. Is because of this woman. When we talk, they call her the Latina Rosa Parks. Now, when oh, we talk about Rosa okay. Parks, like okay. we know that we know that Rosa Parks was it was a deliberate yeah, person. Planned. They chose her Correct. for the civil rights movement Correct. because they could use this person, and she was going like she fought yes. for civil rights the whole time. And yes, so they planned these bus protests, Correct. right? And she sat there very much, very brave and full of courage to take yes. on that 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 institution, and she did it. But she was very, cal- it was very calculated. Of that course. Move. And it worked. Yes. And then, but you have to be, because you want to beat the system and beat the man. You got to you know what you're to, doing. You have to work within that system. And how can we challenge the system? And, 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 and people make those decisions because they're pushed to the limit. Like I fucking have yes. had it. Like I'm yes. done. I'm going to do this thing. So that's what happens oh, on January 28th, 1917. So <gasps> it's around 730 in the morning. Um, on January 28th, 1917, the riot began, a riot began and inspectors attempted to remove, um, well, it, it began when inspectors attempted to remove Mexican women from their trolley, which they were riding to work. So this trolley comes in, you pick it up somewhere in Mexico in right. town, and it brings you to the, the INS checkpoint, right. right? So they were ordered to disembark and submit to this, this disinfection process. But 17 year old Carmelita <gasps> Torres. Yes. Refused. Right. Good. She had heard about the reports that these nude women's photos were being passed around. Yes. And she had also heard about this other thing, which was that um, at the jail in El Paso, the city jail, this wacko mayor, the Leah yeah. Jr. or whatever, he, you know, of course, everybody's got to be clean. You got to cleanse them. Oh you know, God. this fucking wacky shit. He told the, the jailers, the, the, the warden or whatever at the jail, you have to clean the prisoners. They're dirty. Get <gasps> all the Mexicans. You got to clean them. So... The, um, the, this is the previous year in 1916. Um, they had gasoline baths. No, I don't know. I don't know. Why can't they just take showers like everyone else? Gasoline, apparently in some way they must think they must determine that gasoline kills, kills the lice. So they had these two tubs (gasps) of gasoline and these guys were getting in the tubs of gasoline. But guess what happens? Some stupid piece of shit that works there lights a match (gasps) to smoke, to have a cigarette and the whole fucking place blows. 28 people dead because of this, right? So this this wow. woman's like, first of all, you're not taking my motherfucking picture. Yes. Number two, I'm not going to have gasoline sprayed no. on me. See so what? You can accidentally light a cigarette and yes. kill me? Fuck you, right? When they wrote about her in the paper, they called her the Ar- auburn-haired Amazon. Ooh. And honey. Yes. I'm living for this. I love this. Fucking love it. I mean, I, she makes me, makes me want to cry. Amazon. I, I, I can't. So she requested permission to enter without submitting to, to, to the country, without submitting to the bathing, and, and, and it was refused. She then demanded a refund on her fare on the trolley. Yes. She's like, oh, you're not going to, fine, give me my fucking money back. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. God, I mean, I just, there's something about her I just yes. love so much. <laughs> so she says, so then that was refused. You're not getting a refund, right? So she convinces the other women on the cable car to protest. <gasps> Right. So the women began shouting and hurling stones at the health and immigration officials, at the soldiers, at the civilians who had all gathered to watch what was happening. They're just, they fucking have had it, bitch. They're done. They're like, you're not taking me. No, go fuck yourself. Right. Oh my God. This is great. Oh my God. It fills me with so much joy. So it's just, you know, Tina. Yes. When you're at that point 
when you've had enough. Yes, and they're standing up for their rights. They're standing up. So the majority of the early protesters were young domestic workers, these women, and who were employed in homes in El Paso. But as the crowd grew to several thousand people, oh, because bystanders are there, and they're like people who were workers who maybe had gone through this before with a delousing or whatever. So four trolleys, which had made early morning runs to collect workers on the Juarez side were seized and did not return to the El Paso side until mid-afternoon. So this is a quote from a great book, which I'm going to tell you about. But um, I love this quote so much because I can see it in my head and I'm just like, burn it down, right? So So this is the quote. The protesters laid down on the tracks, these women, in front of the trolley cars to prevent them from moving. So, like, you're not, we're going to shut this shit down, right? Um, And then it says, when the streetcars were immobilized, the women wrenched the motor controllers (gasps) from the hands of the motormen. Yes. Get them. Yes. Get them, right? I love this. Oh, honey, it's just so... Could you imagine riding in and out of that fucking city every day? Yes. And finally, you're and these fucking creeps, and you're just like, I'm gonna fucking like that's it. Like Ugh. I'm just gonna take. Oh, it makes me so happy. So around ten o'clock in the morning, General Andres G. Garcia drove to the center of the bridge because it's a bridge that connects these two yes. cities, Juarez and, and El Paso. He drove to the center of the bridge to try to quiet the mob, and was only partially successful as the mob tried to prevent his car from leaving the Mexican oh, side. Oh yes. By that afternoon, when it was clear that those who had entered the baths were not being harmed, because people were then still going. In and they were worried that the protesters were worried that the people in there were going to be hurt, hurt right? Um, the oh, crowds- so they weren't. They were just like, we're going to keep doing business if yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. come through and yeah. ignore the screaming women in, on the bridge. Pretty much, okay. yeah. So <laughs> by that time, the crowds were finally dispersed by mounted soldiers on each side of the border. One cable car motorman and a mail coach driver were reported to have been beaten by rioters. So oh. some of these guys were trying to get out, like when they finally took the controls of the trolley, and then women would just like four women would jump on their backs. Good, yeah, and, like try like you Let's are part go. of this, right? I mean, I don't know if they're part of it, but still, it's like they they, they're just fucking pissed, right? Yeah. So Carmelita Torres was thrown in prison. And I mean, the sad part is like historians don't know what happened to her. There's oh, like no. no record of her getting out, where she lived, what happened. Like there's, it's just nothing after this. Oh no. And they write about her in the papers. And really the only image I have of her is a drawing. Like and it's a very vague drawing. Like there's no, like just, it's almost like she's this, invisible hero you know what i mean because she's not really talked about but she was the spark that like lit this fire for the riots right so on january 29th the rioting continued this went on for two days so by this time the majority of rioters were men um the war as police chief maximo torres ordered all rioters arrested and the mexican cavalry dispersed the rioters from the bridge by january 30th precautionary measures were taken by authorities on both sides of the border uh to and the rioting had stopped um, I did hear in an interview that a couple of the guys that were arrested were executed oh my like God. in the street to like make a point. Jeez. Um, they're so, just trying to yeah. make a living and say, Hey, you can't treat us this way. Right. I mean, they're treating them worse than animals. I you know. wouldn't spray an animal with chemicals. Exactly. It's, they were treated worse than that, right? Yeah. Uh, policeman from Juarez monitored the southern end of the bridge crossing. A Mexican health inspector, Andres Garcia, was present to maintain a respectful treatment at this disinfection plant. Um, and streetcar service between the two cities was suspended. So, so, so Mexico, Mexican authorities are helping the U.S. sort of disperse yeah. this crowd. So yes. they're not even concerned with their own citizens? No. Okay. They're not stopping this disinfection. Yeah. No, 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 no. And now they just have a health person there making sure, I don't know, women aren't taking pictures. They're not taking pictures of women. But yeah. all of this stuff still continues. Oh, God. So it didn't really even stop it. So in 1917 alone that year, 
over 100,000 Mexicans were deloused at the border. Oh, my God. Even after the riots, like I said, the fumigations continued. Later in the year, the U.S. immigration policies became more stringent. Immigrants at all points of entry needed to have a passport, pass a literacy test, and pay an $8 head tax. So every time go. they're coming into the country, My they have to pay $8, so which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So then the health department laid down a guidance of who should be kept out of the country. Oh, here we go. And it literally says in this list, and I quote, who should be kept out? Imbecile, idiots, <gasps> feeble-minded persons, physical defectives, <gasps> and persons afflicted with loathsome or dangerous contagious diseases. <gasps> okay? That's in, that's in U.S. immigration documents. Like, like people, health department, like, can't come into, this is, it's in, like, and by the way, we're talking about, we're talking about agents at the border. Like, yeah, hmm, I don't know. He seems like he might have some disability, so you can't come in. Yeah. I Only mean, the how best. Do you, how do you Only do, the best for how America. Do you, how do you determine that? So it just furthers this gross stereotype, right? And it wasn't just Mexicans. This was happening at Ellis Island. Like, it wasn't just Mexicans. In 1942, Mexico started sending workers to the U.S. to work on farms and railroads as part of a new program called the Bracero Program. And this can, this, and then the the disinfecting is still happening. This is 30 years later. No. Yes, honey. Um, No. But at this time, they started using DDT. Oh, my God. So this, it was a toxic pesticide that decades decades later was banned by most countries. Yes. But at the time, they were spraying it in the faces and on the genitals of every person oh who walked through there. Oh, my God. So um, it wasn't until the 1960s that the fumigations finally stopped. And you, the precarious... You have to be kidding me. No. You have to be kidding me. No, I'm not 1960s, kidding. 1960s, the United States government yeah. allowed for decades yeah. for people to be sprayed... Like animals. Yes. Well, oh. I mean, they're Mexicans. Who cares, right? Is that, is that, isn't that what we're saying? So at that time, the Bracero, Bracero program ended and the public health officials finally recognized that the use of chemicals was dangerous. Oh. Sorry. Oops. Oh. So here, know. Comes, here comes the worst part. Okay. <sighs> I, now, I, get, I cried last night when I was reading this. Oh and because, you know, when we talk about on the podcast, not that long ago on an episode, I said, it's very hard for me to look at the American flag the same way. When I do stories like this, it's very difficult for me to be proud of this country. And right. I love this fucking country. No, I know That's why too. I criticize her so much because <laughs> I love her, but God damn it. Yes. Okay. So like I mentioned, there's a book, it's called Ringside to a Revolution. It was written by David Dorado Romo. And in his research, he found that German chemist Gerhard Peters in 1937, so 20 years after these bath riots, yeah. he had in his science journal um, how to use gas to um, fumigate or, or uh, de-louse oh clean people. This is the, and so the, here right? are the chambers in, in Nazi Germany, yeah. right? Yes. Is that where we're going? So that's what this is. This his layout in his science journal is what was used at concentration camps. Oh um, my God. It also states in there that they should use Zyklon B, Ugh. which was used in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, and in the instruction manual, are you ready? He actually has two pictures of the El Paso facilities <gasps> on how to set up the buildings in the gas chambers at the concentration oh, camps. Oh, great. So, so we're the template. He, we're yeah. the template. Yeah. He used <laughs> our information of what they were doing in El Paso to create gas chambers in Nazi Germany. Um, and then Zyklon B, as we all know, yeah. was eventually used in concentrated doses to kill millions, millions and millions of people. Oh, my God. 
So Nazi Germany was copying what we were doing in the U.S. And and in to, an a, interview, to a higher degree. To a higher degree. So like I was just going to say, yeah. so like in an interview, this guy, this amazing um, author, David Dorado Romo says, and it's very smart, that what was happening in El Paso is not Nazi Germany. Right. right? But Nazi Germany doesn't happen in a vacuum. No. It's an effect of watching other things. And so this is not the first time I've even heard that Nazi Germany was looking at the U.S. Yeah, no, for I've things. never in my so life have I heard it, this. It, it makes me fucking sick. And it, it makes me it's, sick it's to my terrible. stomach. Okay. Oh, my God. Here's my last and final thought on this is that oh. we have not changed the stereotypes of Mexican immigrants in this country. No, And when Donald Trump yes. comes down a gold escalator yeah. to announce his presidency and literally says in the speech before he even takes one fucking step onto, like, this is my platform – he literally said, and I quote, Mexico is not sending us their best. They're sending us drug dealers and rapists. Yeah. End quote. That's, That's it. That's the opening of his fucking run for office. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and then the it fear, the door. right? Because yes. everyone's like, what, what was it? The the M14? I forget. The gangs. The gangs. But then also, then like, all this, you all can this garbage. also watch, like, the Fox News clips that followed the next throughout his candidacy and through his presidency about right. building the wall. And there's literally people who are anchors on Fox News and their guests saying, we don't know the diseases we're yes. going to bring into the country. We have to put the wall up because they're going to spread diseases. We don't want these diseases. It's, it's the, the same, same thing from the 1917. Same thing. Okay? And here's the other Xenophobia. fucking thing. The other thing is this. We have prisons on the border of this fucking country where people are sitting, Mexicans are sitting, and other people from Latin countries who, who don't know where their kids are. Oh, I know. Right? I, so this is, we've taken their outrageous. children from them. Some of them will never see their children again never. because we didn't have appropriate paperwork and they're allowing Americans to adopt these children who will never see their parents again. Never see their parents and they're too young to to even remember, you know, when they're taking someone at, at I mean, think about your own kids at, at an infant and then Tina, seeing them at five years imagine. old. Uh, it is such a crime. It's, it and it's is, happening right now. Yeah. It's happening disgraceful. in Florida. It's disgraceful. Yeah. So, yeah, well, go USA. Oh, I don't goodness. know. I'm so fucked. This, this whole podcast. Now I'm going to be depressed the rest don't of the be, day. No, no, don't be depressed. We are doing this so people are aware, right? They're learning history and they're maybe take some action in their own states to, to put a stop to. We have a new um, administration. Yeah. When are we getting on this, motherfucker? You know? Let's so go. So we, we got to, we, you know, this is the... We got to uh, question them about it. Yeah. Because this is, this is, uh, it needs to end. Yeah. Right away. Yes. Girl, please. What an episode today. No, I can't. What an episode. <laughs> I need someone to hold me. Oh. <laughs> Under the Christmas tree. <laughs> well, I know. It was a good episode though. It was. It just, you know, can we talk, let's, what's something good that's happening? Please. I can't. Um, I'm I okay. So way. good thing I am. Well, it wasn't fun for me, but we are redoing our bedroom. Yes. And so it was just going through taking every, you know. Did you like, find a paint color that you liked? Yeah. So I did the gray. Nice. Yes. Oh, so that was my recommendation. It was, it was Hillary's <laughs> recommendation and I got like a bunch of swatches and. Nice you know, picked one of those. So I think it's really going to kind of brighten up the room nice. actually. Yes. Yes. So we're going to be painting soon and it's just, there's stuff everywhere because yeah. we had to just take everything out. 
So That's once it's part. done, it's going to look good. But it's now there's just boxes and it's yeah. just stuff everywhere. Well, but it was it was fun to kind of go through stuff and yeah yeah find stuff and like voter registration forms. <laughs> Whoops. <Oops>. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, um, so listen. Where's my list? Do I have anything good left on my list? I think I feel, I feel oh, I've been running. I just, I said, did that yesterday. <gasps> I ran yesterday. So because of my health, like, I don't really want to say a scare. It was more like a wake up call in November. I've gone down two pant sizes, Ooh. almost three bitch. And I'm so fucking excited. And today I'm wearing a shirt that I wore in high school. It is so cute. I think I used to have a shirt. Yeah. Very similar to that. Guess what? I thought it was wet seal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But wet it seal. wasn't. It was the limited. Oh my God. I know. Which I'm is so excited. Is the limited still around? I think it might be. Wet Seal, I, I don't think is. No, I don't think so either. But Wet Seal was like the best 90s oh my God. clothing store. Yes. I loved it. Um, my sister <laughs> might have worked there. That girl had worked in every single store in that mall. Chess King. Oh, <laughs> my God. Chess King. I think oh I worked at an Express. Yeah. Like once. And you worked at Foot Locker. I worked right? at Foot Locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's got great stories about yes. that. One um, day I'll share them on the podcast. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, my son said something to me this week in the car that I thought was funny. We could end on it. But he said that, um, Mom, when you're making millions of dollars on the podcast and um, <laughs> I can quit school. And I was like, first of all keep putting that shit out in the universe yes, yes. i said but you're never going to quit school like that's my money yes. and not your money so figure out what you're uh, doing with your life let's do this yeah so yeah i i under my pillow i will put a wish and put out into the world that i want to make millions i want us yes. to make millions of dollars yes. on my podcast and then also that i want ted deutsch to recognize me and fall in love with me <laughs> bye bye the end of the podcast see you later <laughs> bye bye if you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.